And welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week I reviewed 1998's Half-Baked. Alright guys, welcome to the show. Uh, Before I get into the movie... I really want to talk about some things that I've watched this past week. Um, I might even call this segment Things I've Watched. It might be a new segment on the show because I've been going into things, uh, talking about things before I get into the review. It's been a thing I've been doing as of late. But but yeah, I might call this, I might call this a segment Things I've Watched. But anyway, yeah. I want to talk about the main thing I watched this week that probably everybody watched this weekend. Uh, my wife and I watched the Blackest King uh, visual album, I guess you could call it. It's a visual album by uh, Beyonce. And I got some thoughts about it. <laughs> if you can say that, I got some thoughts about it. Uh, it's my opinion, my opinion alone. You don't have to agree with it, but I think that it was my opinion. By the way, this is my opinion. I think it was the most narcissistic, just glad-handing, just unsincere bullshit I've ever seen it's coming from the heart I did not care for this at all I did not like it I did not like it at all I did not like it Sam and Sam I am I did not like the green eggs and ham I did not uh I, I did not care for it I was it was just it was just so narcissistic and insincere that's the that's the word i'm looking for insincere it was just it just felt insincere uh and then you had uh you had the lion king quotes in here and it's not even from the good lion king it's from like the 2019 lion king which was trash you know, I I hate to have just like jumped in there with that, but like the Lion King 2019 is trash. It's not good. But I just felt like uh Beyonce was just being real insincere and she was being real narcissistic with this. Uh there's other artists on here. Like there's like cause like there's like it's a visual album. There's other artists on this album, and she just has to be there. You know, she doesn't have, she might not have any lyrics on the song, but she just had to fucking be there. Uh, I think, like, she had, like, a song with, uh, uh, with Tara Wack, which is, like, one of my wife's favorite rappers, and, like, she was, like, so she's like, oh, my God, is that Tara Wack? Uh, you know, like, that's one of my wife's favorite rappers, and... Tara Wack is rapping. I think there was like some other African chick like singing or rapping or something like that. And Beyonce just had to be there. 
There was like another uh, song with like some African dude. I don't know like none of these African artists. I'm gonna be honest, but uh, but like she, it was like she was kind of like putting other people on, but kind of not putting other people on because she just like, I found this person. I know who they are. This is the, I, I know this person. Am I hip? It was like she was trying to be hip and cool. Was, like, am I hip? Am I cool? I know who Tara Rack is. I know who Jesse Reyes is. You know, am I cool? I know who the new people are. You know, so it was just, and it was like, yeah, because it, like, it was like a song with Jesse Reyes and Beyonce wasn't on it at all. But like, she just had to be there. Like I said, like there's some African artists on there and they were like doing some songs and she just had to fucking be there because she just has to be the, the end all be all of everything you know just everything it's like and and just it was like just because she put black faces on a camera and she catered to black people and tried to cater to african people that this is supposed to be okay like it's supposed to be okay and then, and then what she was doing, it was like, just because she watched Black Panther a couple fucking times, okay, excuse my language, uh, uh, just because she watched Black Panther a couple times, she's a fucking expert in Afropanism, you know, like, uh, Pan-Africism, I'm sorry, I mixed the words up, uh, but I'm, I'm heated, <laughs> fucking heated, because shit pissed me off, it made me apathetic, it was just very, I just felt apathy for the whole fucking thing, I really did, you know, and it was, it was just not good, and like, cause like, I feel like she didn't mean it, you know, I feel like she was just being Afro, I I feel like Beyonce now, ever since maybe like 2015, uh, whenever she released that song back in like, when like she did like the Super Bowl with the Black Panthers and shit, and she was dressed like that. I just felt like she's been like Afrocentric for profit. You know? That's how I feel. I feel like she just found like a new lane to take her career and to just save her career. Uh and that's how I feel. Like I feel like she's just being Afrocentric for profit. Uh and she's not sincere about it. She's not sincere at all about what she's doing here. Cause I felt a great level of insincerity and a great level of narcissism with this whole visual album. That's how I feel. That's how I felt. She wasn't being she 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 wasn't being true to herself. She wasn't being true uh to because even my um my wife was talking about this because uh there's a seed or like one of the songs I forgot the name of the song I forgot the name of the songs because like all the songs just just fucking fly by but the one with Jay-Z on it I'm gonna just say like the one with Jay-Z on it where it was like uh I know everybody was talking about they pissed like white people are pissed off that she had a white butler or some shit but like I don't give a fuck you know I really don't care um what I cared about is that uh she had African people uh, on a goddamn plantation, uh, you know, like, it was like, this shit, that shit looks so fucking slave, it looked like slavery, it looked like black people on Massa's plantation, 
That's what it looked like to me. And you could disagree if you want to. You can disagree if you want to. But like the way the way she had those black people lined up, then like she had those black people have doing like jobs and shit for her. It was like they were like working for her and Jay-Z. You know, and like she had the kids playing with blue ivy. And then like they had like that thing where like they're all like lined there that like that scene where like they're all like lined up on the fucking front lawn like it looked like a fucking plantation it looked like a plantation to me that's how I feel I was like shit was not sincere at all uh it wasn't her sister I feel her sister Solange is more sincere than she is and uh, I like Solange. I actually like Solange's music. My my wife actually turned me on to her with uh, uh, "Seat at the Table." I believe that was the album. Uh, I actually I like "Seat at the Table." I was like, I my, my wife was listening to it and like I kind of was listening to it and I was like, "This is a great album. I like this album." <laughs> you know, like "Seat at the Table" is sincere. Uh, "When I Get Home" is sincere. "Black is King" not sincere at all. Okay. Uh, done with that shit uh moving on i i am also watching the no limit documentary the the mini series that uh bt is doing about no limit which took me by surprise i didn't even know they were i didn't even know they were doing this which i'm like i'm very excited for i already got through like two of the first two episodes bt wrong for this they're really wrong for this because they ended the second episode on a cliffhanger and they were like oh you gotta wait till next Wednesday <laughs> to see what happened <laughs> cause I think I looked at the schedule for when the next cause I thought it was coming on Friday and I think I looked at the schedule for the next the next episode and it was like next Wednesday I'm like you mother ooh I hate you BET but uh you know but yeah man I was I was being a guy from New Orleans, a kid that grew up in New Orleans, you know, Master P was near and dear to a lot of our hearts, you know, and like, it's, it's just, it's just really good that they're starting to, uh, recognize New Orleans hip hop. Cause like you hear about Florida, you hear about Houston, you hear about Atlanta, you even hear about like Memphis, you know, hip hop, you know, like they got their guys, but everybody kind of, everybody kind of just bypasses New Orleans, you know, and one of the biggest rappers in the world is from New Orleans, Lil Wayne, you know, and it's like, they don't recognize, it's like, they don't recognize that he's from New Orleans, you know, they don't glorify, you know, New Orleans, they don't put New Orleans in the same breath as Atlanta. They don't put New Orleans in the same breath as Houston, Texas. They don't put it in the same breath as Miami, Florida. You know, or Memphis, or Memphis, Tennessee. You know, like it's just like, oh yeah, they over there. You know, <laughs> you know. And I'm just, I'm just happy that all this stuff, all this stuff, because like they had the Hip Hop Evolution episode about New Orleans bounce music. You know, like stuff I grew up with, like I, because like I grew up with like Fifth Ward Weeby and. Cheeky Black and uh, Hot Boy Ronald and all these guys, all these people, DJ Jubilee, you know, I grew up with all this stuff, you know, and it's just, I'm just happy that it's finally getting 
it's notoriety. No Limit Records is finally getting this notoriety. Cash Money is finally getting this notoriety. I mean, like, the original Cash Money. I'm not talking about, like, Drake and Nicki Minaj and Tyga and all this shit. I'm talking about the original Cash Money. Juvenile, BG, Turk, uh, Lil Wayne, Manny Fresh. You know, like, guys like those guys. Uh, UNLV. I think they mentioned UNLV, you know, on the, on the, on the Hip Hop Evolution and on, uh, the No Limit uh, Chronicles, you know, like I'm happy that those people are getting their their uh, their recognition and they're getting their flowers. Mystical Mia X, Silk the Shocker, even though he's not that good of a rapper, I'll admit. You know, like guys like that. Yeah, I think it's like Mr. Servon. <laughs> Mr. Servon was on the goddamn uh, was on the goddamn documentary on the Master P documentary. They mentioned Cain and Abel. You know, like if you're from New Orleans, you know all these artists. You know. I'm like just happy that all these artists are getting their shine. They're getting their shine on. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, I'm really into that. Can't wait. BT dirty for leaving us on that cliffhanger. We gotta wait till next Wednesday to to see what happens. Uh, like because they left us on the on the uh, Master P Suge Knight cliffhanger. <laughs> you know. Because, like, Master P moved No Limit to L.A. Or he had an office and Suge and all that shit. Watch, watch, the, watch the goddamn first two episodes, man. Really good. Really well put together. I'm enjoying it. Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, what else? Uh, I watched the first episode of Transformers War for Cybertron. Didn't really care for it. I just wanted to throw that in there right quick. Um, wasn't really a big fan of it. I don't know. Maybe I gotta watch a couple more episodes, and I'll be a fan of it, but that first episode I thought was slow, I wasn't really feeling it. That's my critique on the new Transformers show, but like, those are the things that caught my eye that I watched this week. Uh, I'm gonna take a break, and I'll be right back with the Half-Baked review. See you guys later. Okay, guys, Have Bait, 1998. Like I said, this movie came out in 1998, but I did not initially see it in 1998. Uh, I did not see this movie when it was initially released. I actually didn't see this movie until I was about, like, 16 years old. So, like, that was about, like, 2002, I want to say. Yeah, about like 2002. So, this is a true... I want to say this is a true... Um, what you might say, meaning of... I watched this as an adult because... Uh, watching this movie as an adult is... Watching this movie as an adult is freaking wild to me. Because I saw it at 16 years old. So, when I saw it, I saw it through 16-year-old eyes. And you know how a 16 year old boy is you know like you you know how a 16 year old boy is so like this movie caught me at the right time so when i was 16 uh up until about maybe like up like to my late teens to my early 20s i actually loved this movie i thought it was one of the greatest movies of all time boy i was wrong you know like i was so wrong um, 
I think it caught I think this movie caught my eye because like this movie is like oddly colorful. Like it's very, very colorful. Everybody's wearing bright colors. Uh it's just like Dave Chappelle said, Dave Chappelle actually said this. He said that he felt like he was in a stoner movie for 12-year-olds. That's how he felt. He felt like they made a stoner movie for 12-year-olds. It was it's that like kid-friendly, but not kid-friendly because the movie has curse words and they're smoking weed. You know? <laughs> you know, so it was very um it was it's probably why the movie bombed, actually. You know, like, it's probably why the movie bombed because they didn't focus on a target audience. You know, this movie did not focus on a target audience, which would probably be stoners. You know, it focused on, like, teenage boys, pretty much. Like, this is, like, a stoner movie for teenage boys, but um, a lot of the Kevin Smith movies are like that, but they're... I hate to say it. I love Kevin Smith. Like, he's one of my idols. Uh, I'd I, I say that, like, Kevin Smith is one of my fucking idols, but, um, uh, he's not the best filmmaker, <laughs> you might say, uh, especially now, but I look back at all his movies, and I probably shouldn't go into the, go into this, because, like, it's probably one of the things I'm gonna talk about when I do review some of his movies, and, like, I hold a lot of his early movies, like, near and dear to my heart. But, like, this is kind of, like, a lower class of those movies. This is, this is Half-Baked is, like, a lower class of Kirk, Clerks. It's a lower class of Chasing Amy. It's a lower class of Rats. You know, those movies. Um, it's a lower class. Even, like, the Richard Linkletter movie, Slacker. It's a lower class of that. You know... It's like the dumb... It, this is like the dumbed-down version of Slacker by Richard Linkletter. <laughs> really. It really is. But uh, that's what... I, I don't know that's what they were going for, but that's what they that's what they got. <laughs> that's the best way to, subscribe, to, to describe this movie is that it is the lesser version, dumbed-down version of Slacker <laughs> by Richard Linkletter. Um... But let's talk about this director, like uh, Tamara Davis. Uh, other movies that she, other movies that she directed before this were uh, CB4 and Billy Madison. So that explains a lot, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so like she's, she's she's not the best movie director, you know. She's not the best movie director, but her like video. Uh, her like music video resume is like very impressive like these are like these are some of the um artists that she directed music videos for um she directed for faith no more she directed for the bangles she directed for the doc she directed for young mc she did bust a move like bust a move that's her video she directed that video uh hansen umbop she did umbop for hansen and she uh, even did a couple music videos for the Beastie Boys. And she ended up actually marrying one of the Beastie Boys. She married Mike D from the Beastie Boys. So, uh, good for her. But, like I said, not the best director. Because this movie tries to have a plot. And that might be for the writers, which are Dave Chappelle and Neil Brennan. But, uh, <laughs> but... 
Uh, this movie like tries to have a plot, but it gets distracted a lot. Like the main plot gets distracted. Uh, Cause like this movie, I'm like this movie can't tell a linear story for nothing in the world for anything in the world. You like you try, they try to tell a linear story, and the movie just veers off. You know they're like, oh yeah, cause like the main uh, story is one of the, cause like it's about these four friends. They all smoke weed. One of them goes to jail, and they gotta get him out. Uh, but <laughs> they do all this other, they do all this other bullshit. You know, it was like, oh, we gotta get our friend out of jail. Oh, what's this? Oh, wait, what's this over here? You know, it's like they do that, and. <laughs> It just like it just falls. The movie just falls to pieces. It really does. Uh, it gets bogged down by a lot of cameos because like you got John Stewart in here, you got Snoop Dogg in here, you got Janine Garofalo, you got Bob Saget. Bob Saget shows up. Uh, you got Dave from the Real World. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, like Black Dave from the Real World. He shows up. He's in here. Uh, Willie Nelson, Stephen Baldwin. There's a lot of just cameos that you don't need, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, Dave Chappelle is the star of this movie. Dave Chappelle like tries his best to hold this movie together, but he just can't because he doesn't have any experience, you know. Like this is like uh, his first starring role I want to say I mean like he's been in movies because like he was in Robin Hood Men in Tights uh he was in Con Air uh and he was in uh 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 uh, uh I want to I forgot to check I forgot to check I want to know if this was before or after You Got Mail because he's in You Got Mail with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan too and I don't know if this is like before that or after that because I forgot when You Got Mail came out because I Thank you. you got mail came out like in like either like the mid to late 90s but i don't know if it came out it came out i want to say it came out between like 96 and 99 so so in that time frame i don't know when he did that movie but this is like his first starring role so like he doesn't have the experience of holding a movie together being the main focus of a movie and it, he just just kind of falters he just falls apart uh his other friends uh jim brewer and harlan williams like they're just whack i can remember a time <laughs> where like they were really trying to push harlan williams down our throat and we were just like nah we are we good fam <laughs> you know like we good you know we don't we don't need him but don't you like don't you want this harlan williams nah i'm good son I'm good. You, you can keep him, you know. And like this was one of those, this was one of those uh, instances. Cause like he had that movie Rocket Man, <laughs> you know. He had that movie, but like and then Jim Brewer, he was on Saturday Night Live, you know. Like he's not the best Saturday Night Live cast member, <laughs> you know. Sometimes I even forget that he was on Saturday Night Live when they bring it up. I'm like, oh yeah, he was on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're just fucking whack. I don't, I don't care for them at all. Um, the second person that tries in this movie is might be uh, 
Guillermo uh, Diaz, Guillermo Diaz and Scarface, the, the the other best friend, he tries a little bit, like he tries to be funny. Uh, I've seen him in other things. It's like he's not half bad, you know. Because I, I believe he was on Scandal for a little bit. I'm like he's not half bad on that. Uh, he was in like a couple other movies, you know. Like he's not that bad of an actor, and like he tries. He really tries. Um, you got Rachel True. She plays like Dave Chappelle's character's love interest. Uh, I love me some Rachel True. I think she's a beautiful woman. She's good to look at. Uh, but not the best actress. You know, you can kind of tell, like in in some uh, in some uh scenes, you can kind of tell that she cannot hold a serious like a serious uh. <laughs> face because even like there's a part where like she's supposed to be arguing with Dave Chappelle's character and you can kind of see her smirk you know <laughs> you can kind of see her smirk and like she's trying to be mad she tried to be angry but she just can't do it you know but like I said love me some Rachel True she's a she's a she's a she's a she's a national treasure I want to say that like she's a national freaking treasure but like she seems like a lovely she seems like a lovely lady <laughs> like she seems like a nice lady and she's like I said she's beautiful she's one of she was one of my crushes growing up in the 90s uh but I've always thought she wasn't the best actress you know I always thought she wasn't the best actress that's how I felt about her um we have Sarah Silverman's sister in this movie <laughs> that's all I got to say about that uh, and we got uh, Clarence Williams III as the surprise villain, Samson Simpson. And when I mean surprise villains, not like a Disney swerve or a wrestling swerve or like, oh, he was the villain the whole time. I mean, this movie was like, oh, we need a conflict for these guys to fight. Uh, get Clarence Williams III <laughs> to be a villain. Clarence Williams III gives his 100% in everything he fucking does. I love Clarence Williams III. Uh, like I've always thought of Clarence Williams III as a bizarro William Defoe. You know, <laughs> like him and William Defoe are a lot alike. Or Clarence Williams III has been doing this for a lot longer than William Defoe. But I guess you can say William Defoe is a black Clarence as uh, a black is a white. Clarence Williams III, <laughs> you might say that, but Clarence Williams III gives his uh, gives his best performance that he can with what he's given. That's all I can say about that. Um, there's some scenes in here that are there's some scenes in here that I'm not gonna lie, the kind of funny. Uh, the prison the uh, the prison sh- shower scenes kind of funny. Um, the uh, the date scene. I related to the uh the, the scene where uh Dave Chappelle has to take Rachel True out on a date but he doesn't have any money you know <laughs> I've related to that I can really relate to that scene where like you're just like oh shit this girl want to go on a date with me she find us she find us all outdoors and I ain't got no goddamn money you know <laughs> so I got the I got to stall her I got to stall her until I get some money and then I can take her out again. <laughs> like, I've done that before. Well, like, I've stalled the girl out. <laughs> and I stalled the girl out. 
and had us do some bullshit because I ain't got no money. <laughs> you know, like, and then when I get some money, I get paid, or when I get some money, I'm like, yeah, let me take you out on a date again. And I just ball out of control on us. You know, like, I've done that before. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, I really related to that scene. Uh, that's pretty much it's pretty much it with this movie man there's not a lot to talk about with this movie like I do feel like this movie like falls into that 90s like SNL movie curse and it's not even an SNL movie you know cause like a lot of those movies in the 90s it was like they they, they, they just needed a vehicle for one of the SNL cast members and they were like, we need something to put, it was like, because like back in the day, they were like, we need something to put Chris Kattan in, <laughs> or we need something to put Chris Farley in, David Spade, you know, like, we need something for them, we need something to put Tim Meadows in, Tim Meadows needs a movie, you know, <laughs> some shit like that, so they just put some shit together, they just put some stuff together, and just see what sticks, you know, like, you know, because, like, the movie doesn't have a well-put-together story. You know, it's just it's just a bunch of colors and sounds. That's all this movie is. It's just a bunch of colors and sounds. It almost... I think even Dave Chappelle talked about that. He was talking about how this movie almost killed his career, pretty much. I really think... Because, um, like, he did this movie, and then I think, like, the next year, I think, like, 99 or 2000, he did... Uh, I want to say 99. He did uh, killing killing them softly, uh, the the um, the uh, stand up special that he did. And I think that really kept him afloat. Killing them softly really kept him afloat for a couple years because like it's a damn funny stand up special. I still love killing them softly. The things he talks about in that the, <laughs> the things he talks about. In that in that stand-up special, hilarious. Talking about the baby selling dope at two a.m. <laughs> it's the most hilarious stuff that you could ever. Who thinks of that? I mean, like that's how I knew like this dude Dave Chappelle's a freaking comedy genius. Cause who thinks about babies selling drugs at two a.m. in the morning? You know, in the projects. You know who who, who thinks of that? <laughs> Nobody, nobody thinks about that. It was like that's the mind of a genius. And then, like I said, like a couple, then a couple years later, he gets Chappelle show, and then like it's smooth sailing from there, you know. So, real happy that that brother like recovered from this movie. Like this almost killed him. But like I said, movie, this movie, just a bunch of colors and sounds, is not anything to write home about. I give it a two out of five. That's my score for it. I'm sticking to it. Um. Next week, I will be reviewing the 2001, I don't know what you call it, I guess it's a drama, I guess it's a dance movie, Uh, I guess you could call it, the 2000 dance drama, I guess you can call it, 2001, sorry, dance drama, Save the Last Dance, Uh, if you like what you hear, I, I, I want you guys because I haven't been doing this. Uh, I should should have been doing this. Uh, I need you guys to rate, to comment. I need you guys to, to to favorite on Anchor. I need you guys to like rate and comment on Apple 
podcast. It helps the podcast get to where it's got to go. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a couple of ratings. I'm getting a couple of uh, great reviews now. Like I'm, I'm trying to get on that chart, y'all. Like I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get to where I got to go, man. It was like that, that, that's my goal. Okay, so guys, just like help me out there. Rate, comment, subscribe if you're listening. You know, it gets me to where I got to go. Um, that's pretty much it. Like I said, save the last dance next week. Peace, everybody.